Friday nights, twitch.tv slash Media. We start off with Down Ballot. Yours truly and the councilman go over the week that was in local news with an eye to the absurd. And of course, we tell you who needs to get their shit together. That's followed by Conspiracy Bingo, one of our funnest shows where we literally play bingo and watch conspiracy videos. And of course, I have a few drinks. Terrifying, but lots of fun. Again, Friday nights, stream starts 7.30 p.m. Pacific. Join us, twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. I said, I, I said certified freak seven days a week. Sexually powerful women. Hmm. <laughs> I'm white and I've got everything I need. No one clutches their purses when they're in a room alone with me. And I can drive for any neighborhood I please. At any hour, and the police don't do a thing. So if I see a penny on the ground, I leave it alone and fucking flip it. I'm a straight white male in America. I got everything I need. I'm a guy getting paid more than a girl with a degree. And I can walk down the streets after dark, no one wants to rape me. And I can get a girl pregnant and just as easily flee. Like my straight white male dad did to me So if I see a penny on the ground I leave it alone and fucking flip it I'm a straight white male in America I've got all the luck I need I've got a pile of broken mirrors And I'm walking under ladders And I'm spilling tons of salt But to me that doesn't matter Cause my skin and my gender and my orientation Are the best things to have if you live in this nation I recommend it highly So if I see a penny on the ground I leave it alone and fucking flip it I'm a straight white male in America I've got all the luck I need Shit's gonna work out for me Cause I'm a straight white male in America I've got all the luck I need Hey everybody, welcome to the Intellectual Dollar Tree. We do the show live every Wednesday at 7pm Pacific right here on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. If you want to support this project, head on over to eplex.store. And our memberships are half off for the first month uh, through, I think, this coming Sunday. That would be, I don't know what day, that'll be the 7th, I guess. And uh, from there on out, they're a normal price. But if you're a Twitch sub, you do get a little discount on it. It works just like Patreon, but in, in addition to the patron posts, you also get a discount from the web shop that is applied on top of any other coupon code you may, you may find anywhere else. Best way to support us, still do patreon.com slash echoplex. But I don't know why you would. Fourth wall is killing the game. Anyway, I'm producer Dave. <laughs> you can find me on Grinder if you're local or if you use the little feature on it that lets you pretend to be somewhere else. But then if you found me on there, I'd be terrified because that would mean you know where I live. And I'm HK Perrin, and you can find me on Mastodon at hparin at port87.social. Well, HK, it occurred to me that we've never done a Ben Shapiro episode. We've done an episode. Have we not? We've done an episode where he was on Dave Rubin's show, or where he was like talking with someone else. 
but we haven't okay. done one where he just stares into your soul and talks to you about something. And it's we haven't funny, done one about his show. Funny enough, this could have this one could have been either Wednesday or Thursday because the title of this video is "The Satanists Are Winning." <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Uh, I'm I'm glad that I'm glad that we're winning. I'm glad that Ben has admitted <laughs> admitted defeat. <laughs> so, I would say we've already won, but no, I'm. I don't. I don't really identify as a Satanist, but I'm a big fan of the Satanists. Me so. too. Let's let's see what Ben has to say about all this. Well, folks, the rise of the Satanists is kind of fascinating. Now, I'm not saying there are Satanists around every corner that the Satanists are hiding under bed, anything like that. But one of the things that has happened in our post-God culture is that Satanism and, and its sort of weird philosophical offshoots God have now embedded culture. themselves all over American society. I don't mean people who literally worship I Satan. wish we I lived in a post-God culture. And the philosophical positions that are taken by Satanists, like sort of the modern-day Satanists, they're now kind of... Oh, you know what? At least he like gave a like a definition of Satanism that doesn't actually mean worshiping Satan. <laughs> he like is accurately describing Satanism. Just they've, they've, they've embedded themselves everywhere. The reason that this comes to mind is because there was a clip that was floating around the internet yesterday from Boston Satan Con. So first of all, I should mention at this point, the Satanists not to be confused with SantaCon, very different thing. A bunch of different SantaCon. Awesome. SantaCon, you should avoid at all costs. SatanCon, you should attend. <laughs> uh, I think SantaCon is hilarious. That's because you've never worked at a bar. Okay, true. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, I like seeing coverage of it. I probably wouldn't like to be there. Yeah, Satanic. Douchebags. Institutions. And um, the Satanic Temple, the one that was holding SatanCon, apparently has about 700,000 members at this point, registered members. They put out a press release on this. According to statistics published by the Pew Research Center, this new membership milestone ranks the Satanic Temple ahead of worldwide numbers of Rastafari and just under Unitarian Universalism in total worldwide adherence. Okay, so there's a video going around from SatanCon 2023 of a young woman who's ripping pages out of the Bible and throwing them on the ground. Here's what it looked like. Uh, it looks like a woman ripping pages out of the Bible and throwing them on the ground. Pages out of a Bible and cast them. He on the has ground. accurately described this clip. That's some that's some edgy atheist shit that I don't fucking care about anymore. I would have thought that was rad fifteen years ago. Now I'm like, man, come on, get new material. <laughs> she said before doing this, "Quote: We stand here today in defiance of their siege and destroy their symbols of oppression." I think she should have deep fried it. She also uh, ripped up a thin blue line flag representing. Okay, that's way more base. I mean, a leader joined her. No, no, the thin blue line flag represents police violence and the police's willingness to use violence. I know that's not what they say it is, but that's the, you see the cop with that little thing on their fucking, on their uniform. They're going to shoot you. (laughs) Yeah, that's the guy who's like one dirty look away from pulling a gun on you. Line flag into, they tossed that on the floor while the crowd cheered. And then Satanists apparently picked up the ripped pages off the floor and posed with them for pictures. The male leader apparently said we must build true community outside the virtual. Rebelling comes in many the forms. male leader? Within their, own, within their own capabilities and their own situation. For some of us, merely existing one more day is victory. For those of us who can, we must stand up to those who cannot. So the temple, the satanic temple, the temple of Satanism or whatever this, this ridiculous organization is. It's called the satanic temple, Ben. You, you, you yeah, know he, the answer. <laughs> he, he literally said it earlier. <laughs> it was the first thing he said. And then he was like, well, I got I to gotta, I gotta make some jokes here. 
It claims to be non-theistic. They say that they don't actually believe in a personal Satan, like the supernatural being that would be Satan in sort of traditional Christian theology. And as you will note, the crossover between the fundamental tenets of the satanic temple and the fundamental tenets of sort of left-wing liberalism at this point are almost indistinguishable, which is why these... Yes, it has always been a left-wing, at least like a progressive, like culturally progressive organization. Yes. Is Ben new? <laughs> like he, he must be new. It must have been. <laughs> like, he must have run out of trans people to hate or something this day, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> did he just learn this? I can't imagine that he just learned this, and I can't imagine that his audience doesn't already know this. Twenty twenty three schedule featured, and I'm now reading you the names of some of the some of the events at SatanCon twenty twenty three. Deconstructing your religious upbringing with Judas Marduk. (laughs) Fake name, right? Reclaiming the trans body. A, theistic strategies for self-determining and empowerment. Ah, yes, the trans body. Because obviously, Satan is a big fan of the trans, according to the Satanic Temple. Well, no, Ben, you just said they don't believe in Satan. uh, if, If Satan existed, he would be a big fan of trans people because Satan was a big fan of Letting people live their lives. So so goes the story. Like, read the Bible. Satan is the good guy. The flesh, Satanism, and self-pleasure from Dr. Eric Sprankle. Reimagining Lilith as an archetype for reproductive justice, according to Amanda Barton. And Satanism and the BIPOC experience from Sit Lally and Panel. So just to check off those boxes, that would be why religion is terrible. That would be transgenderism. That would be hedonism and masturbation. Abortion and racial intersectionality. Those are the things that are being reviewed. Sign me the fuck up. Yeah, that sounds pretty awesome. I would go I to would a totally go there. The the main satanic temple, they're kind of shitty, kind of libertarian. I don't like uh Lucian Graves very much. He's kind of shitty. But if they had like a local event like in in San Jose, I'd go to that shit. Fuck yeah. Like a big con. Especially, you know, here in that lineup, that's that's pretty good. I'm I'm all for that. Plus, they had other events. He didn't even mention the one where they eat the baby. At SatanCon 2023. <laughs> right? That there's a reason for this. Here are the seven fundamental tenets of the Satanic Temple. And the reason, again, that I'm bringing this up, not just because this clip is floating around the internet, but because once you recognize that so much of today's politics, so much of today's value system is built around opposition to traditional morality, you can actually spot where the problem may lie in the destruction of our civil society. The seven fundamental tenets. I mean, what's traditional morality? Like slavery? Spousal abuse? I think it just means whatever we were doing 50 years ago, right? (laughs) Like when they talk about it, it just always kind of keeps moving forward. It's just behind what's happening now. One should strive to act with compassion and empathy towards all creatures in accordance with reason. Right. Reason is going to replace, again, these are people who call, call themselves Satanists. Reason is going to replace religion. There is no objective morality. All that exists is what's in your mind. And it's all about coming. He's saying this like it's a bad thing. It's like, hey, we should figure out what the right things to do are. And you should be compassionate to other people and use your reason, use your uh, your mental faculties to figure out how to do that. And Ben's like, <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> and it's, like, it's like trying to scare someone with an ice cream and puppies party all the things like, are bad no there are no good be things. scared about that 
all the things are bad. There are no good things. <laughs> he probably would say an ice cream and puppies party is a bad thing. Did you work for that ice cream? And reason. <laughs> this is the hallmark of sort of enlightenment thinking, post-enlightenment thinking. It goes absolutely nowhere because as it turns out, when you leave people to their own devices in terms of reason and compassion, they tend to have compassion for themselves and their friends, and they tend to utilize their reason to justify their own cruel and bad behavior. Yes, Another Ben, you do that. Of the seven fundamental tenets. <laughs> yeah, he's literally describing himself. And even more importantly, Matt Walsh, who works for him. Like, okay, so there is nothing about, like, I'll agree that people often do that. Not everyone. In fact, I think most people are mostly compassionate. But what is the one thing that can take a compassionate person and make them uncompassionate? Not the one thing, but what's the most common thing? Well, I think religion, the, I think a lot of times the people weren't compassionate in the first place and they're just shirking their fucking responsibility on being a dick off on God. Right. <laughs> like maybe, uh, but religious people, I have like, I have observed that religious people are some of the least compassionate people. Um, oftentimes not I would, always I would, there are I, a lot of very compassionate religious people i would say it's like the it's like the thing we were talking about with a stoic right or if the first thing someone tells you is about their religion yeah they're probably not a very compassionate person find out a little bit later the person <laughs> happens to go to church every sunday they probably cool <laughs> yeah dude that should prevail over laws and institutions right all of tradition should be worn down and destroyed because we have these higher ideals of justice that we can't actually explain, but it means that everything that is old should just be bashed. That's down. not what it says. One he's just, he's, he literally fucking read it. He just read it and he's straw manning an argument that he just read out loud to his audience. Like it said, we should value reason over tradition. And he's like, they just want to tear up all the laws. It's like, no, it did not say that. You're just making that up, Ben inviolable subject to one's own will alone because all you are is your body and your subjective sense of pleasure yes the freedoms of others should be respected including the freedom to offend to willfully and unjustly encroach upon the freedoms of another is to forego one's own well the satanic temple presumably does not believe totally in the freedoms of others because they're obviously very much pro-abortion they're in favor of the transing of the children and all the rest but <laughs> the transing of the children Oh man, <laughs> this is, I knew this was going to be amazing. I'm fucking, I, I, we're only a couple minutes in and I'm having a great time. Okay. So <laughs> I think what he means is that the satanic temple wants to make kids who are not trans into trans kids, which no one wants to do that. Oh, there might or be, you can, find, you can, you can so, find anybody on Twitter that says dumb. Yeah. Thing, but. <laughs> So few people want to do that, that I, I would bet money you couldn't find them. You couldn't find someone who, who actually believes that. Conform to uh, best scientific understanding of the world. One should take care but of like he's, scientific you're, Hold on, before we go, he's using that as an argument against letting trans kids like him and all of his fucking goons at daily wire use it as an argument against letting trans kids be trans and it's disgusting the rest beliefs should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world one should take care never to distort scientific facts to fit one's belief says once again the satanic temple that is called the satanic temple 
and also is uh, is a backer of abortion and transgenderism among children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just said that already, Ben. That's you're not as Stefan Molyneux would say. Not an argument, Ben. Not an argument. Not an argument, Ben. <laughs> If one makes a mistake, one should do one's best to rectify it and resolve any harm that may have been caused. And every tenet is a guiding principle designed to inspire nobility in action and thought. The spirit of compassion, wisdom, and justice should always prevail over the written or spoken word. So again, it's this sort of Gnostic spirit prevails over the over action. Spirit. No, 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 no. They don't believe in the Gnostic spirit either, Ben. <laughs> they don't believe in that. Some of them might. There might be like Wiccans in there who are like, oh, everything is energy and shit. But we we used to we used to clown them. But those people, they either joined QAnon or they're, they, they're cool. Like, that's like, I, that's just the way it goes. Over word, spirit prevails over law. It's it's feelings, but it's also science. But it's also Satanism. Okay, now, the reason, again, that I'm bringing this up is because the perspectives that are being mirrored by the Satanic Temple, the, the secular culture is not taking itself from Satanism. Satanism, in this particular iteration, is taking itself from just general secular values. And so when you see the identity of the two, that should tell you something about where we stand morally in Western society today. I'll get to more on this in just one second. First, summary is here. Good ranchers would like to give you what you've been craving. A nice summary because I'm cut. Oh, God. And now that source bumpers, Dom, Fuck you, very Ad. clear, at least according to the Satanic Temple. <laughs> they said they do not subscribe to Supernatural. I'm really happy that I have never heard of that company. They said they do not subscribe to Supernaturalism. So in that way, we do not believe that Satan is a deity, being or person. As an organized religion, we actively provide outreach and participate in public affairs where the issues might benefit from rational, satanic insight. What is their mission? The mission is to encourage benevolence and empathy among all people. We believe that we should all be guided by our consciences to undertake noble pursuits, guided by our individual wills. Right, the Nietzschean Superman. He's reading it all like he wills. disagrees with that. And I, it, who knows? He probably does. But like, it's so unreasonable to disagree with that. <laughs> he's just mad that it it just sounds like the fucking old people at the humanist meeting right like it's just a little yeah. it's just a little edgier <laughs> in its marketing my god <laughs> the satanic temple practices non-theistic satanism we believe religion can and should be divorced from superstition as such we do not believe in either god or the devil as supernatural forces we bow to no gods or gods or celebrate our outsider status and celebrate our outsider status to embrace the name Satan is to embrace rational inquiry removed from supernaturalism and archaic tradition based superstitions. The Satanist should actively work to hone critical thinking and exercise reasonable inquiry in all things. Our beliefs must be malleable to the best current scientific understandings of the material world. Never the reverse. So they, they say that they differ only in secular philosophies in a couple of ways. Quote, a unifying attribute of all Satanists is our embrace of our outsider status. Satanists adhere to the principles of individual sovereignty and the rejection of tyrannical authority. Additionally, Satanism is deeply rooted in a rich historical tradition which spans thousands of years in cultures across the globe. We embrace our literary and philosophic roots as part of our religion. These histories and concerns are of paramount importance to us, but are not fundamental components of humanism or other secular philosophies. So basically, they are just secularism, but they like to hook that up with Satanism. Now, again, we have marketing, baby, marketing. Damage. All right. How do I join? Remember that Satan as a you know sort of quasi biblical concept, you know, it differs from Judaism to Christianity. But historically speaking, Satan was the opposite of God. Well, secularism also considers itself in many ways the opposite of God. So there is an identity between the two, which is why you see the values of Satan. Con yes, being just mirrored. like no sandwich so is the opposite side. of a sandwich. Like the same classes being taught at Satan Con are now taught in third grade at public schools across the nation. Wait, what? And why, why gender is, is a spectrum? Why you should but, be able to trans the kids. Why here he goes. And get the fuck out of here. God, you just keep repeating yourself, dude. This, so he he didn't have... He, I'm telling you, 
There was no like particular trans person that he was mad at this day that he could find to get fucking do an hour on. So he just did an hour on Satanism and just couldn't help himself from just bringing up the fucking trans issue three times in the first nine minutes. Yep. The, the value of, of trans of intersectional identity. That's what happens when your heart is just full of hate in the widespread culture are being mirrored by the satanic temple and vice versa. Because when you realize that secularism defines itself in opposition to traditional religious values, you understand the, necess- the necessity of transgressing all the rules. Wait, no, no, I mean, no. Secu- they, that's, that's not what they define themselves as. They literally, like he just read their own definition of themselves. And again, like he just read it to his audience and then he's just lying to them again. And there are devout Christians in our community who are also secularists who do not believe that our culture should be governed by their religion. So I, I would love to see Ben square the secular religious people, right? People who go to church, but embrace secular values in, in civic life. Like where did, where, where do those people fit? Oh, those, those people are probably just fucking bad religious people or whatever. Right. <laughs> I have no idea what Ben would think of them. The roles breaking someone down who doesn't want to impose their values on I'm others. Satanism is now diffused through the sa- again. I don't mean that people worship Satan. I mean that in the original original sense, if you read the Bible, like the original Hebrew Bible, when it talks about Satan, it's talking about the adversary. The adversary in Jewish philosophy is supposed to be a messenger of God who who sort of plays almost prosecuting attorney against man. But the idea of being adversarial toward religion has now been taken up by all of our society which is how you get to the cultural predations that we currently see in which all traditional ideas have to be torn down. Cultural predations. I noticed one thing they were not doing is ripping the pages out of Quran. They're very fond of ripping pages out of Bible. Oh, I'd rip the pages out of a Quran. I, I, there's a time where I would have thought that was edgy, but there, they exist in a society where Christianity is the dominant religious force. So if they're going to, be involved in like secular activism. Most of their most of their ire is going to go toward Christianity because Christianity is the dominant religious force, right? You don't see anybody passing any laws based on Islam that are fucking people up in the United States. So you know they they, they live where they live. That's that's why fucking that's why atheists and secularists are have their you know metaphorical fucking their metaphorical ideological uh, firearm aimed at Christianity. It's because. It's like, I think Muslims are like one or 2% of the United States, like population. So, you know, yep. they know that Christians are going to be totally fine with it and, and don't care and are annoyed, but, but let it go. You rip the pages out of a Quran and see how it goes for you over at Satan con 2023. Okay. Now, again, this has spread itself. I'm sure they would if American if society. Muslims Satan. were pushing their religion on everyone. On everyone. And I think these people also, <laughs> I, un- I think, I think. I think that the the Satanists probably also understand that, like, after 9-11, there was just a massive increase of anti-Muslim bigotry, and they're aware of that, and they would use their reason to be like, well, maybe we shouldn't shit on a minority group while we're here. (laughs) It would be bad for our image, based on all of the other things we're saying. (laughs) Yeah, but they they also wouldn't be in favor of imposing... Islamic law. Sure. But the, we're the fucking, the only, like nobody's that's, it's not never, it's not, maybe it's not never going to happen, but in our lifetimes ain't going to happen. Yeah. Secularism forms itself into religion. The barrier between secularism and religious practice is actually really, really low. 
Secularism originally saw itself as the hard-headed, rationalistic, scientific opposite of supernatural-based religion. And this was always a lie because supernatural-based religion, which is basically the idea that there is a God who is the creator of the universe and who designed natural systems in which we all live, it actually allows for scientific progress because it means, one, an understandable universe the human mind is capable of grasping, two, a predictable universe in which rules actually apply, and three, an imperative for you to know God and therefore to know the universe. Right? These are all inventions of monotheism. No. If With if God time. if God can do whatever the fuck he wants, which he does in the Bible, it means that the universe is not predictable. Like if the sun stands still in the sky for 24 hours, that is not a predictable event. And the fact that it happens in the Bible shows that the Bible is not describing a world where science can figure things out. Because the world of the Bible is governed by a God, not natural laws. Um, it's a story. Yeah. Yeah. The secular world basically rejects all of that. And they say, no, no, no. We're going to jettison God. We're going to get rid of objective moral standards. We're going to use what's in your own head as the moral guidepost and as the scientific guidepost. The problem is the human being, the human brain. You don't, you don't have to jettison God. Like... You can be secular, like you were saying, you can be secular and believe in God. The secular worldview just means you don't want to force your religion on other people. Right. <clears throat> Primarily, and the primary way that it has been done in the past is through government policy. And that's what, like, secular organizations try to stop. That's it. Yeah. And the, again, like, the Satanists... I think what he's saying is, like, you know, in, in secular schools, you learn about things that conflict with the Bible conflict with what the bible say says and yes that's true you do learn about things that conflict with what the bible says it's because those things exist in reality so if the bible disagrees with reality it's the bible's problem not reality's problem and most religious people are just like oh okay <laughs> right they're just i like mean the vast <laughs> majority of religious people the uh, uh, an overwhelming percent of Christians don't believe the Bible literally. They don't believe that every word in the Bible is literally true. Like they believe the Bible is full of like allegories and poetry, which it fucking is. It's all allegories and poetry. It's based on other allegories and poetry. Secularism has now formed itself into a religion. It doesn't call itself satanic, but it is in fact a religion complete with saints and devils complete with religious iconography complete with bizarre spectacle and supernatural type interventions. Secularism has become its own religion. At least the satanic temple is saying what it is out loud. We say we're a non-theistic religion. Secularism claims that it is not a religion, but in fact, it is significantly more religious than most religious communities. It casts out heretics and destroys them. It has child sacrifice attached to it. And the, the game that you have to play in order to be part of the secularized religion is you have to be willing to violate taboos. That's the biggest thing. All the religious taboos must be broken. Which brings us to the Met Gala. We'll get to that momentarily first. You know about those big wireless companies out there. They lock you into expensive contracts if you try to get out of... Fuck you. Fuck your ad. I'm also really glad I've never heard of this company either. ...is sort of a mix between SatanCon 2023 and a bizarre event from the capital of the Hunger Games. So the Met Gala this year features a bunch of people who obviously believe 100 percent. If he got invited to the Met Gala, he'd show up in his little tuxedo, even the secular religion <laughs> and who dress up 
in garishly bizarre fashion in order to violate taboos and slay the Lukes. That's spelled L-E-W-K-S. That's what the kids tell me. And um, in doing so, the goal is to shock. Because if you shock, the, the shock effect of what people wear at the Met Gala, it's all about violating the prescribed rules. No, they're marketing themselves because they're famous and they want to be like, they want their outfit to go viral. Ben, marketing, Ben, Ben, marketing. Very often prescribed fashion rules. I mean, to a certain, in a certain sense, a lot of fashion rules are arbitrary, right? Never wear white after Labor Day. Ben is not a fan of high fashion. Things that people have done culturally speaking, and there may not be a, a great reason for it. Maybe there is a good reason for it, but nobody knows them. But there are a lot of rules that get violated at the Met Gala, like traditional rules about people. How they violate the never wear white after Labor Day rule at the Met Gala. Edgy. <laughs> or traditional rules about gender. And they are all violated. And the more you violate them, the more the press adores you. The more the press loves you. Just this go naked. That's that's the, the biggest violation, people right? People are the people who speak to the press outside. Not only is it about unfashionable, it's also illegal. On private property, it isn't. But if you walk to the Met Gala, yeah, if, if they want to let you be naked inside, it's totally legal. I guess that's true. Yeah, if you just, if you show up in clothes and then take them off. You get kicked out, though, because, like, you know, not everybody wants to see you naked, no matter how hot you are. They're <laughs> violations of sort of traditional morals and norms. Now, a couple of the guests over at the Met Gala were Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union. One, one of the things that they have decided to do is to trans their child. They have a teenage boy who they say is a girl. No, that's a trans girl. They're good parents. And I bet you would cower if you ran into this man and you would say shit all about his trans daughter. <laughs> and they've gotten him hormone therapy and all the rest. And they started this when the kid was like 11, 12 years old. So here's Dwayne Wade and Gary talking about their trans kid and leaving. Yeah, you you wouldn't put an 11 year old on hormone replacement therapy because they don't have hormones to replace what's your message to ron DeSantis? i don't i don't know him um but i do know men lie women lie but numbers don't i do know that when our children feel accepted that 43 percent of our children's um that feels accepted from their parents from the world it lowers the death rate suicide is high in the trans community it's high in, in youth. And so I'm going to step on the side of acceptance, and I'm not going to even go on the other side. I'm just focused on acceptance. And so let's, let's make sure our kids have an opportunity to live this life that we all get to live. And um, it starts with our gun safety laws, obviously. We have a lot of work to do there in our schools, um, but also, too, um, you know, in our community, which is the trans community. Like, what a kind man. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty awesome reason to be pro-trans rights. Uh, is fewer dead kids. Acceptance. That's the chief value. That's the, chief, the, the only thing of value is acceptance, tolerance, diversity, except for, you know, religious worldviews. Those are, those are really bad. And as I bet that statistically what? speaking, uh, Dwayne Wade and his wife are probably Christians. Yeah. He said nothing about religious worldviews at all. Mirroring sort of principle one of the satanic temple there. One should strive to act with compassion and empathy toward all creatures in accordance with reason and not in accordance with morality, not in accordance with objective decency, in accordance with morality is reason, though. Gabrielle Union, who is, I believe, the stepmother, not not the not the biological mother of the trans child in question. Just talk to your husband about moving from Florida. One of the reasons is safety for your family. Could you tell me? We'd like to live. Could you tell me about that? Yeah, I mean, we had to think about 
where every member of our household would be comfortable and welcome and celebrated. And I, you know, in, in 2016, there was a move towards a, a less inclusive world. And we felt that pretty immediately, you know? Of course, all of our friends in Miami, they were like, when are you coming back? And, and I was thinking, well, where would our children, where would Kavya James go to school? Where they're open to teaching facts and actu accu accurate and, you know, accurate history. And, and where can they say gay? much less trans and where would we maybe not get arrested for uh, affirming our, our child's identity she is so awful but again yo she's beautiful fuck you ben shapiro what the fuck what is wrong with him <laughs> those are like great parents yeah those are awesome parents and what the fuck is wrong with you ben Jesus Christ. That's the value system. They, by the way, they moved to California in like 2019. So they're only being asked about it right now, obviously, because Ron DeSantis is the governor and may run for president. Okay, but, you know, th these are the kinds of people who attend the Met Gala. They are all part of the sort of religious community that is secular slash satanic community. Again, I use satanic here in its, in its sort of most generic sense. Not like <laughs> Thanks, they actually like, draw pentagons on the floor and then light candles. And <laughs> Listen to him fucking like hedging every time he says satanic. It's so funny. <laughs> it's just so funny. Thing like that. So now let's go through some of the outfits because again, fashion says something about the inner person. Now, if you are what you wear, then it's sort of fascinating to see. But Ben, sometimes the clothes do not make the man. There's a famous song about that by a George I Michael who you would call saying... a degenerate, actually. I think what he's saying is that if you wear women's clothing, you're a woman. How and people you know what? I, I agree, Ben. If media. you feel more comfortable in women's clothing, probably it's because you're a woman. Decided to violate all the rules. The reason this looks like the Capitol in the Hunger Games is because the whole purpose of the Capitol in the Hunger, Hunger Games, and that's the imagery that obviously springs to mind for everyone who watches the Met Gala. The reason that that springs to mind is because the Hunger Games is about a group of elites who live at the expense of everybody else while violating all of the rules that they impose on everyone else because they are the elites and they get to do that. And so here, let, let's go through some of these looks because again, it's all about transgressivism. It's all about the cult of personal identity and the belief that your feelings are sufficient to guide the rest of mankind and that the only value system is what you hold internally. It's all about tolerance of you. It's not about your tolerance of others. It's about everybody else tolerance. By the way, you. Ben Shapiro, millionaire, not elite. Shifting all of society's rules and mores in order to please yourself. So when they say elites, they mean two things. <clears throat> Sometimes they just mean Jews, but I don't think Ben means that. Uh, if he, maybe if he wasn't Jewish, that would be what he would mean. But in this case, he when he says elites, he means like celebrities, people who are famous. Yeah. Like he means the people we just watched. He thinks those are elite he, because he means, he means he means like the L.A. and New York City kind of A-list crowd. Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. And the media cheer this kind of crap on, because if you're talking about the high priesthood of the secular religion that is now taken over our society, that high priesthood is Hollywood. And then. These sort of town criers for the regime are the members of the press who all buy into this exact same moral system, this secular moral system that rejects the notion of an objective morality with actual rules and traditions that are worthy of respect. We'll get to the actual Lukes over at the uh, at the Met Gala in one second. First, I'm, I got to tell you, I mean, if, if there's some great. sort of objective morality hidden within the Bible, then like 
the Bible doesn't mention trans people. So why is he so upset about that? You can do to preserve your past and your family's past. I'm talking about collection. Okay, so now it's time to uh, to go through how people dress when they wish to violate all of the norms. So this is a human named Jordan Roth. I do not know who Jordan Roth is. Jordan Roth is apparently some sort of American theater producer and oversees five Broadway theaters, including the St. James, L. Hirschfield, August, Will- uh, August Wilson, Eugene O'Neill, and the Walter Kerr. Sounds like a fairly accomplished person in the arts. And dressed up as a geisha. This is a dude. Oh my God, that's fabulous. Look at that. That is, that's awesome. Big fan. A geisha. Uh, of course, Jordan Roth is a gay man. And um, this means that he is a hero. He, he's obviously a <laughs> gay man dresses geisha immediate hero status. Because he's dressing up. <laughs> Those are the rules. You become the elite. Violating the taboo. And this is a person who has tremendous cultural power. I mean, running five of the biggest theaters on Broadway gives you the ability to basically say what enters public culture and what does not. Or how about Lil Nas X? You want to talk about satanic and secular actually merging? That's Lil Nas X, right? I mean, one of his recent videos was literally a video of him being stooped by Satan. <laughs> stooped. To Satan. Because obviously Lil Nas X came out as gay. And not only did he come out as gay, he came out as like the most gay. In fact, he came out as so gay that there was a picture that emerged, I believe, a few weeks ago of him making out with a woman. And he had to put out a statement saying that he was not straight because that's how far we have come in our culture. It used to be that gay. He did that just for you, Ben, in order to get roles (laughs) and not be, quote unquote, canceled. Now, Lil Nas X has to make sure that nobody, nobody should think this guy's straight. So he shows up to the Met Gala wearing silver body paint studded with rhinestones all over his body, wearing basically a thong and platform heels in an attempt That's to cool. shock and appall. Now, none of this is shocking because, again, secular culture has become so predominant that nothing shocks anymore. Once secularism becomes actually secular, like throughout the culture, then it doesn't shock anymore. But I um, mean, what sort of pretty, like pretty Christian values happen. is he violating here? Is it a Christian value that you not wear body paint? If they tried to make body paint back then, it would have just probably been made out of lead and it would have killed you. (laughs) Is it the heels? Is the heels the unchristian part? I think it's the gayness. Oh, okay. Okay. Actual thong. The stooping Satan. Will Nas X was wearing right there. And he looks, I mean, he, he really does look as though he's a monster from The Last of Us, like like the all, all the fungus overgrew his face and, and all of this. But the idea is that he's violating all the rules. Like a rhinestone so monster. Ooh. Dun, so shocking. Dun. Again, violation of rules is the is the idea here. Or if you don't like that violation of rules, how about Doja Cat, who dressed up as an actual cat? For no reason. The, that anyone because their name, their name is Doja Cat. It was that was actually that was the low hanging fruit. <laughs> If that's called phoning it in, Ben, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing they didn't invite Harry testicles. Sure. So again, this this the Met Gala always has a theme. The theme this oh, year. Oh, that's Carl awesome. Lavergold, who's a fashion? She looks great. Over Chanel. She looks awesome. Um, and uh, and somehow this is the result: a person who is dressed up as a cat, like from the creepy Cats trailer with James Corden and Taylor Swift. Looking horrendous, but the idea is human and looking horrendous. Looking horrendous. It's a good thing. She doesn't look horrendous. She looks awesome. <laughs> I think Ben is jealous. It's showing too much ankle. It's not a freak show. It's a good thing because when Ben's jealous that he couldn't pull off a cat violate look. The boundaries violate the 
scruples of traditional distinction making. Ben should have just been a cat boy. The world would be such a better place <laughs> if instead of this, Ben was just a famous cat boy. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. And you've made the world a better place. Now, so much of the Bible is rooted in the idea of distinctions. The Bible is rooted in this, right? The notion of, in Hebrew... Yeah, the Bible says, don't wear it cat costumes to holy, Met Gala. Which is holy. Right? The entire book of Leviticus is about the pure and the impure. The whole goal of religion is to separate off that which is bad for That mankind, is not the entire book of Leviticus. In both action and even, you know, for, for those of us who are Jewish, in food, right? This is what the kosher system is about. Religion is based on distinction. Secularism is based on intermix everything altogether and then pretend that it makes for a better... So Leviticus, if we can pause for a second, Leviticus was written by people who thought that men had a limited supply of semen. So there's a part in Leviticus that says... Uh, don't spill your seed on the ground. And basically that means like a couple things. It means like if you're about to don't pull out and also don't do it yourself. Uh, so it it's because of this thought that you only had so much, you can't waste it. And it's because back then, back in those times, people were extremely ignorant and they did not understand how the human body works precisely the opposite florence Pugh showed up as well and again the idea is the more that you gender bend the better you are so florence Pugh has now shaved her head wait what uh, no one really i mean you can't why. really wear that why hat that? if you don't shave your head why is that gender bending i think it's just the utility she was like i have to have that hat i guess i gotta shave my now head. ben is shitting on bald chicks and is apparently apparently she killed a peacock and has now Taken all these feathers are probably off the fake feathers the and stacked them. Wait, no, fucking! You don't have to kill a bird <laughs> to get feathers off of feathers. it. Birds shed I'm feathers. I'm pretty sure those aren't peacock feathers, right? <laughs> Upon her head, exciting stuff. Jared Leto actually just came as a cat. Uh, I'll give it to Jared Leto. He he understands this is just Halloween. Every year he just comes as like something. That's funny too, though. <laughs> That's great. I'm gonna pretend that. Oh I'm my god, it's a big cat fursuit. I love it. That's awesome. Like one year he showed up actually holding a second head of Jared Leto. So I'll at least give appreciation for the, cl the clarity that Jared Leto presents on a sort of fashion and moral level. Cara Delevingne showed up as well, apparently after having. So wait, her so hotels. Ben doesn't have a problem with fursuits. I think is he ben thinks that I think he thinks that Jared Leto is poking fun at the event, but not in the he's probably is poking a little fun. But he's doing it in a fun way and he's attending, right? And so yeah. he doesn't understand that it's actually fine to poke a little bit of fun at the spectacle if you're there, if you're going to be nice to everybody <laughs> and shit, right? And like, what's wrong with this outfit? Bathrobe. I don't know. Wait, no, no, a yeah, bathrobe. No, this isn't a bathrobe. The goal here is not to wear things that are wearable or beautiful or classy or anything. The goal at the Met Gala is to shock. The goal that this is how you gain all sorts of credibility is by shocking and violating all sorts of scruples and wearing idiotic things. And then we're all supposed to pretend these are Luke's. You look like an idiot. I'm sorry. You look like a stupid idiot. That's all. But because you're violating those rules, it's a good. It's a moral. Uh, I'm supposed to pay attention. to. This I am really stuff. getting a big heaping. Uh, dose of uh, jealousy from from ben here i think ben is ben is very upset that he was not invited right because him he want he's a failed screenwriter and uh michael knowles that works for him is like a failed actor and shit and i think uh i think um 
uh, what's his name? Matt Walsh wanted to be an actor too. So, but but they're doing this instead. And Janelle Monet showed up like without an actual dress, which was very exciting. Wait, what? For everyone, she had two looks. Two looks. One is uh, I don't even know what this is supposed to be. She showed up as a black and white Christmas tree. That's cool. Um, she is wearing for those who cannot see. Yeah, I dig it. A hoop skirt that is papered over with a giant coat apparently sewn from like one of my daughter's knitting kits. And then she stacked her hair all the way up on her head in the form of a bizarre tower. I, I don't know what, what she stacked she's, she's a piece of her hair just all the, the way up there. on her head. That so is that, a sentence that Ben stuff. Shapiro said. And now, now all of us find this, all of us who live in sort of the real world. Oh, here she is. Th- th- this is true fashion. True fashion is you show up wearing ridiculous boots, a bra and, That's pretty and cool. high riding panties and a completely transparent hoop skirt dress that goes all well, the way it's not completely transparent otherwise you wouldn't know it was there at all ben you can see directly through it because it's actually just transparent <laughs> i mean this looks like something out of the 70s honestly right. so like is ben upset at the 70s now very kind of call back to what was it called afrofuturism big call back to like that this is because this is true beauty guys we're redefining all the terms we're redefining all the terms now listen janelle monet is a beautiful woman but that has nothing to do with the fashion the fashion's garbage it's not meant to actually, you know, make her look. What does he mean? We're redefining all the like beauty. Does he think the that there that is a standard definition of beauty? Like we have a fucking saying for it. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. There's a goddamn saying that every single person knows. And we also know that it might change. Based on, we also know that it might change based on circumstance because we also say beauty is in, in the eye of the beer holder. <laughs> like he, he's. He's saying we're changing the definition of beauty. It's like, no, Ben, your definition of beauty is different than every single other person on the face of this planet. And if 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 he doesn't understand that, then his parents failed to raise him as a child. This out is because if the value of your culture is to shock, if the value of your culture is to break the taboos, and there are no more. But then again, like Jordan Peterson works for him, and Jordan Peterson was like. No, this swimsuit model isn't beautiful. I I won't accept this. What did he call it? He called it like totalitarianism or something. Taboos to break because again, it's the opposition to whatever is the status quo that defines you as a as a rebel, defines you as a moral person. Whatever are the things that whatever fences are around you, no matter what they are, have to be obliterated. You end up finding worse and worse fences to obliterate. It's true in fashion. It also happens to be true in terms of things like sexual mores. There's a reason we moved from. Homosexual relations as legal, fine, to civil unions, everyone's like, okay, to gay marriage, to transgenderism, to let's trans the kids. And now to the, the next push is going to be. No one has moved to right. let's trans the kids, Ben. You're, you made that up and four, four times in 27 minutes, by the way. Yep. Oh, and he, he made it up and now he's upset that all the other people are doing something that he, he just made up. That's not even real. And now here's here's where he, I think he's going to drop the fucking hammer of where this whole moral panic like ends up. Watch. To let's trans the kids. And now to the, the next push is going to be the idea that if you're a youth attracted person, meaning a pedophile, that this is just another form of sexual orientation. Every tap. No, they keep saying that about queer people. As long as I've been alive, they've been saying that about queer people. It just moved. It moved from gay men to trans people. Now there's no. Yep, this fucking- is. There's there's no gay LGBTQ rights group out there 
that is like, oh, we'd like to actually have child abusers as part of our little umbrella or whatever. That just doesn't exist. It never, it's never existed. And it's probably not going to exist. This is literally like a textbook example of the slippery slope fallacy. Must be violated in the name of reason and compassion. Every taboo must be violated because once you obliterate the moral standard, there's nobody left to prevent. And there's nothing left to prevent the expansion of your own rationale to pretty much. Anything. I mean, this is a point that Nietzsche made 150 years ago. Like there, there's nothing new here. When Nietzsche talks about the death of God and he suggested that there was nothing left to replace God, that, that it would essentially be nothing but an issue of will. He wasn't wrong. He was quite prescient in that. And again, this is a, we, it all seems silly because we are doing this with regard to the culture and, and the culture we pretend doesn't matter, but the culture does matter quite a lot, right? High culture. Yeah, there are a lot of memes that have gone around on Twitter in recent in recent months. Right? Memes that show like the difference between ancient architecture and modern architecture. They'll show like a church that was built, like a gothic church that was. Yeah, built. it's white supremacists with fucking statue profile pictures going, "Look what they took from us!" And it's like a building made of rocks with no fucking plumbing. And then they show like a modern <laughs> building with amenities next to it. It's like, well, dude, I, you know, if you got to spend a lot of time somewhere, I'll take the building with that air conditioning over the, over the moldy castle. <laughs> castle, castle black mold over there. Like <laughs> in 1200 in England. And then they will show you like a brutalist sculpture in Washington, DC. And you know, people kind of brush that off, but fashion is just another form of human activity. And if the leaders of fashion are no longer into providing the beautiful and they're no longer into providing the feminine for women and the masculine for men, and instead it's just all about mashing all of it up and violating all taboos, should we really be surprised? That is a manifestation of a culture in confusion. It's a manifestation of a culture that has no rules and a culture with no rules. So I I don't know. I don't know how Ben didn't realize this, but fashion trends, they change. A lot. What was fashionable for a man to wear in the 1700s, people would now consider girly, feminine. Especially if you were a judge in, uh, in England, you had to wear a wig. Yeah, wig frills all over the place, high heels. Fuck, fucked up all the way, like but looking that, fabulous. That was fashionable back then and so i i don't understand how ben can say you know they're trying to change fashion like no fashion just changes no one tries it just changes period and you're not going to stop it literally no one could stop it die and that's essentially the direction that we are currently heading all right, in just one second, we're going to get to an actual crisis on the border that the White House continues from others, including this amazing on your skin. So, and using over seven essentials, by, that's GEL. Also, focusing on the Soviet nuclear world week. Legal immigration crisis is about to explode down at our southern border. Joe Biden has presided over the worst illegal immigration problem in the nation's history. Yesterday, Karine Jean-Pierre, the world's most untalented press secretary, she uh, went out there and told what is probably the biggest lie that this administration has ever told. She suggested that Joe Biden has done an amazing job on the border. And in fact, border crossings, illegal border crossings are down like 90 percent or some such nonsense. 
he has tools that he's used to, to make sure that we do this. We actually deal with the immigration system in a humane way, uh, and in a, in a way that is uh, uh, that actually deals with what we're seeing at the border. And that's why you've seen the parolee program be so successful. Uh, it has, it has, um, it has uh, uh, when it comes to illegal migration, you've seen it come down uh, by more than 90%. And that's because of this act, the actions that this president has taken. Uh, that is, ju- I'm sorry, that is just crazy crap. Okay, in 2022, we had the highest number of... I'm not sure what she reported. was referring to when she said that it went down by 90%. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, Ever. But I don't really do... The thing is, like, <clears throat> I'm like, when they show stuff out coming out of the White House, because I just am not plugged in, like, to that sort of, like, political discourse at all. Like, I've, you know what I mean? We've never really leaned into any of that stuff around here, so... Um, I just assume what Ben is saying is incorrect and what the press secretary is saying is more or less correct just based on like who they are and what they do for a living. She was talking about the parolee system. So she could have been referring to that when she was talking about a 90% reduction. Uh, yeah, or she I, I, could I, have been, I don't want to get into Narnia yeah. speculating on things that neither of us are, have no, know what's going on with. W O A I San Antonio. And we are talking about over 2 million migrants stopped in 2022. That was up from over 1.73 million the year before. And it's about to get way the hell worse. Like way the hell worse. Because Wait, stopped. He said, he said, stopped. Yeah. Isn't that what he wants? I think he, I think he would like to replace the word stopped with shot. Okay. (laughs) He's mad that they're not just. That they're not just platinum. Towns are now yeah. in a state of emergency. Title 42 is about to be lifted. According to townhall.com, El Paso Mayor Oscar Leeser, a Democrat, implemented the state of emergency starting on Monday. If there's no emergency, why do you need a state of one? Democrats have been saying there's no emergency. The border is totally fine. All is under control. Meanwhile, a Democratic mayor in El Paso is like, yeah, no, we got a problem. The city has already been experiencing a new wave of illegal immigrants even before Title 42 is officially gone, resulting in more processed migrants being on the city streets after they were released by Border Patrol. Laredo also declared a state of emergency on Sunday. That's going to last for seven days. It will probably be renewed again. All the way down in Brownsville, uh, Brownsville in the Rio Grande Valley, the city has seen a significant increase in illegal crossings recently. Brownsville will also declare an illegal immigration emergency, presumably in the coming days. Up to 10,000 illegal immigrants a day will probably be crossing our southern border once Title 42 is no longer in effect. Okay, Bill Malugan, who does a really good job covering this sort of stuff for Fox News, he tweeted out yesterday over 22,000 Border Patrol apprehensions in the last 72 hours, an average of over 7,000 per day, putting us right back into peak numbers we were seeing last year. We're now 10 days away from the lifting of Title 42 and expected major surge. Buckle up. So, like, built into this is that somebody who is in whatever a situation that they're in and they decide that their best bet is to try to cross the border into the United States legally are like policy wonks, (laughs) like U.S. fucking immigration policy wonks. And I'm just not confident that that's the case. It's going to get really, really bad really, really quickly because it turns out that when you offer pretty much open entry to everyone. When you say, show up, we'll process you and release you into the interior, or don't show up and just cross the border and we'll leave you alone. Tons and tons of people try to cross the border. Meanwhile, so is he talking about just of illegal immigration? Like we're, we're not like we're allowing anyone in. Cause that's not true. 
But also, does he mean that people shouldn't be able to uh, to request asylum? Because that's that would create a humanitarian crisis. Ration. So, for Which example, it currently has because people yesterday. can't request asylum right now. Named Francisco Oropesa shot five people in Texas. Okay, th- this person was deported three times, three separate times, across the border again, and then murdered five people, including an eight-year-old child in Cleveland, Texas. Corinne Jean-Pierre's take on this is that it was about gun control. Not about illegal immigration, not about the border. It's about gun control. On Friday evening, a nine-year-old child was murdered along with four others in yet another shocking, horrific act of gun violence in America, this time in Cleveland, Texas. Two of the women killed were discovered on top of surviving children and appeared to be shielding them from gunfire. In all, five people were murdered by an individual armed with a powerful AR-15 style rifle. As the manhunt for the suspected assailant continues, we urge the public to heed all guidance from law enforcement officials and stay safe. I noticed that you left out all of the relevant information. Oropesa is a Mexican national, allegedly committed the execution style murders last Friday after a family member. Is that relevant? A rifle I feel like that's literally not relevant. I mean, of, of all of the mass shootings in America, what is the one common thing? Fired at the individuals inside. The fucking guns. Were murdered. Apparently, this entire area in Texas is basically run by the drug cartels. So I want to skip through this weird, uh, like, sort of left-right partisan stuff. But we're going we're gonna to go ahead and uh, skip ahead to the Hunter Biden's laptop part of this video, if that's okay with everyone. Because <laughs> okay. I don't want to talk about guns. I don't want to talk about interest rates. Because I just, those aren't, those aren't things we focus on here. We're, this is definitely a sort of, we're focusing on the IDW, the IDW-adjacent people and their culture war bullshit. And here's the Hunter Biden's laptop part of this video. Meanwhile, the smartest person Joe Biden knows, Hunter, continues to be just a garbage bag of a human being. According to the Washington Free Beacon, Hunter Biden's lawyers painted him as financially strapped in his first appearance in an Arkansas court on Monday as he sought to get child support payments to his former mistress and their four-year-old daughter reduced. The president's son, who made millions of dollars off deals and cushy board positions for foreign companies in the past decade, apparently now has no salary, had his Porsche repossessed, and was forced to sleep on a cot in his father's room during a recent presidential trip to Dublin, according to Biden's lawyers. Yeah, I'm sure that's true. He also stooped to taking financial support from a generous friend, Hollywood lawyer Kevin Morris, according to the court. According to super lawyer Abby Lowell, one of the most expensive attorneys in Washington, D.C., Lowell said that Biden is paying London Alexis Roberts $20,000 per month in child support under an agreement reached in 2020. Apparently, Lowell said that Biden has paid Roberts at least $750,000 over the past few years. This would be to care for the four-year-old child that Joe Biden refuses to acknowledge as his grandchild. The hearing came days after the Arkansas Circuit Court Judge Holly Meyer ordered Biden and his child's mother, Roberts, to appear for all future court dates, arguing their absences are needlessly delaying the case. Biden's lawyers objected to attempts by Roberts' team to frame him as privileged and wealthy, arguing he's only traveled on Air Force One one time and stayed on a cot in his dad's room in Dublin during their recent Ireland visit. He no longer owns a Porsche. Oh, he now drives an unspecified car given to him by celebrity lawyer Kevin Morris. So he has a rich dude who's backing his entire lifestyle, but he has no money. What a scam artist. What a garbage human. The so left out of Ben's thing here is how much are they trying to reduce the child support by? I mean, also, like, even if he is a shitty person, so what? He's not Joe Biden. 
During the hearing, Biden's lawyer said his only income is a percentage of his art sales from a New York gallery. And Biden is unable to provide a list of who has bought his paintings and how much they are worth. Lowell said Biden doesn't know the names of any of the buyers under an agreement with the gallery, which is intended to avoid political influence peddling, which, of course, doesn't avoid political influence peddling in any way, shape or form. The, the fact that the media are so wildly does it not? Hunter Biden, given his continued close association with his father in the White House. I feel like that does. No one can be like, hey, I, I'm the guy that bought your painting. See, that's my name on your list of people there. <clears throat> I'm just real glad this video was front loaded with that Satan shit. And we didn't have to sit through this left, right politics crap <laughs> for, 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 for most of this. Um, <clears throat> we usually run a little long. I think we're going <clears> to <throat> we're going to put a fork in this a little early tonight. Because this is uh, this is just getting into like a bunch of crap I don't care about. Uh, Trump leads GOP field. Things I like and think I will do things I like and things I hate. Fuck it. Let's see. What does Ben <laughs> like and what does he hate? Pretty solid question. Okay, time for some things I like and then some things I hate. So things that I like today. So I, I do like the Hollywood writer strike. I'm very excited about this Hollywood writer strike. I'm mostly excited because it means that all of the late night shows are not going to be on the air. That's exciting. So tonight, there won't be any Jimmy Fallon. There won't be any, there won't be any Jimmy Kimmel. Like all those shows are going to be off the air. None tonight. of the Jimmys. Wow. Why is, why is he so butthurt about them being on the air but at now, other times? Time in 15 years, Hollywood writers are going out on strike. The Guild announced a work stop. Sorry, I shouldn't use that term. Why is he so, why is he so upset at late night shows? Faltered. Like he could just Monday not night. watch them. In a statement Wednesday night, the WGA said its negotiating committee began this process intent on making a fair deal. The studio's responses have been wholly insufficient given the existential crisis writers are facing. So what exactly is that crisis? Apparently, the studios and streamers will not agree to any guarantee of the number of weeks of employment for TV writers in the talks. They proposed creating a day rate for comedy variety writers. And they stonewalled on proposals over minimizing work with no pay and proposals to regulate AI writing like ChatGPT in WGA covered work. Yeah, there can be a lot of unemployed Hollywood writers in the very, very near future. Hollywood, it's the traditional industry is in serious trouble. The WGA strike. I don't know, man. I've I've asked yet. Chat GPT for jokes before. <laughs> I don't think Hollywood writers have anything no to worry about. More. Okay. Meanwhile, Bud Light continues to ha just absolutely get destroyed in terms of the number of people buying it. According to Outkick, Bud Light sales continue to sink like a brick as the Dylan Mulvaney fallout nears its one month anniversary. The latest numbers are in. The folks at Anheuser Busch may want to look away. According to Beer Business Daily, Bud Light's off premise sales volume. The amount of beards sold outside of restaurants and bars was down 26% from a year earlier in the week ending April 22nd. That's even worse than the 21% decrease. From Wait, but alcohol, <clears throat> alcohol consumption as a whole is down because less people are at home. People were drinking more when they were at home more. People are going out more and people actually drink less when they go out. And if people are going, if, if everything's open back up, maybe people are just drinking Bud Light at the restaurant, Ben. They said sales of it outside of restaurants and bars is down. What what about the sales at the restaurants and bars? That's a big part of that industry. <laughs> well, Bud Light numbers are now down 8% this year. That includes figures at grocery stores, convenience stores, and liquor stores. Beer Business Daily wrote, quote, the shocking deterioration of Bud, Light's, Bud Light Blue's market share continued to pace through the third week of April and actually somehow worsened. We've never seen such a dramatic shift in national share in so short a period of time. Woo! Well, um, yeah, it turns out that when you completely patronize your audience, and you make them feel ridiculous. Those people don't want to buy your beer. So good for all of you for not completely buying, like, you patronize your audience and make okay, them feel ridiculous by hiring a trans woman. I hate. Okay.
God, he is so sensitive. All right, he's so, like a sensitive little flower. All righty, so apparently Frog and Toad are now going to be gay. So there is a, a series called Frog and Toad by writer and illustrator Arnold LaBelle. There are four books. Frog and Toad are friends. Frog and Toad together. These are, these are children's books. Apparently, it's the chemicals in the water. They're series. turning the freaking frogs Frog gay. And, and they will continue to make them <laughs> sort of gay is the idea. Now, why exactly is this the case? Apparently Arnold LaBelle himself is a gay man. There's nothing in the actual books that suggests that they are gay. They're animals who are unlike one another, but are friends. This is this sort of this, fa- this falls into. There's me. nothing in the books gay. that suggest they're gay. <clears throat> this is really funny because <laughs> the person who wrote the books is writing more material about them. And he's like, well, in the original scripture of the fucking frogs, it's like, get the fuck out of here, dude. The, you're like a fucking, <laughs> you're like a fucking, you're, they're like a t- fro- frog and toad originalist. You fucking weirdo. <laughs> He's gone into the quartering territory with this. Like, shut the fuck up. Maybe they were just closeted. They were just said that they were friends because their their other frog friends well, wouldn't have accepted them, Ben. A subculture, Bert and Ernie are stepping <laughs> category. Dude, Bert and Ernie were gay the whole Don't. time. Get out of here. <laughs> Come on. We all know that. <laughs> Basically, any two characters of the same sex who live in close proximity to one another in children's cartoons end up being picked up sleeping by in the same room. As they are come on, a gay couple, right? Uh, separate beds, but you know, <laughs> Sesame Street did come out uh, when when a lot of uh, married couples were sleeping in separate beds on TV, so they were just uh, <laughs> obeying the standards of the time. Ben, who are yeah. jackhammering in the back room, right? That's that, that is the way that this works in our popular culture, and it's really quite silly and quite foolish. The politicization of children's TV. The attempt to sexualize children's characters is really screwed up. Yeah, like, children's really TV up. has and never been for- political before, ever. Bugs Not Bunny never ever. dressed like a woman to uh, try to trick Elmer Fudd. Uh, <laughs> I distinctly remember some quite racist Looney Tunes when we were uh, fighting the war. I mean, I don't remember them when they came out. I remember seeing them. <laughs> I'm not that old. Changing the minds of small children. That is the goal. It is ideological grooming, not like they want to have sex with kids, like they want those kids to believe the same things that they believe about the world and sexual orientation and sexual identity. What do you tell your kids about the world and sexual orientation, Ben? And so anytime they can insert that in children's programming, they wish to do so. This is the exact reason. I mean, I think I agree with him right here, but I also think that it's a good thing. Like that's that's like, you know how like Saturday morning cartoons often have a moral, like the moral of the story. Right. You know. The moral of this this week's story is don't lie or the moral of this week's story is, you know, f- friends are good. Right at the end of a GI uh, Joe, at the end of GI Joe, they always had like like a, a message. It was stuff like don't ride on the handlebars of your friend's bike because you're going to fuck yourself up. <laughs> like, remember, Sonic says uh, so like he's he's upset that like cartoons are continuing to do exactly what they've done and now he disagrees with the morals that they're trying to spread so he's saying cartoons shouldn't be spreading morals it's like no that's not what he believes because he was never mad at it before he's saying cartoons shouldn't shouldn't be spreading morals you know teaching kids that it's okay to be gay to spend a hundred million dollars on children's content over the course of the next couple of years so they don't have to worry about all of this However, the the fact that um, 
the Daily Beast is now reporting that the that they're going to keep the gay subtext is uh, pretty astonishing. The, the title, again, from the Daily Beast is Frog and Toad are still gay in Apple's new kids show if you want them to be. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> that's again, like the most imperative. That that's like the, so the, the author was like, well, I've been writing this story in this way and people have inferred that the characters are a couple. So I'm going to keep writing the story the same way and people can continue to infer that if they want. Ben isn't even being an originalist <laughs> of Frog and Toad. <laughs> ben, ben wants to Ben wants to uh, like retcon Frog and Toad and make them like be like, hey, bro, what's up, bro? Hey, you see that chick's tits, bro? That's what he wants Frog and Toad to do. This <laughs> TV be made more gay. Very, very, very important. Speaking of which, also very important, apparently, that James Bond be made into a black woman. Next thing you know, they're going to make He-Man gay. Also very important, apparently, that James Bond be made into a black woman. It, James, that could be anybody. 007 could be anybody. It was literally different people all the time. Yeah, like, that's fine. I have no problem with that. New piece in the Washington Post. Who says 007 has to be white, British, and male? Oh, you mean aside from the author of the entire James Bond series? Again, it only works in one direction. Nobody's ever like, what if we made Shaft a white female? Nobody ever does that. They could do that in a way that would be funny and ironic. They could they could do that, actually. Stupid. Yeah. It turns out the characters have characteristics. And those characteristics go to character. The same people who will tell you that race is an innate identity will tell you that it doesn't yeah, matter like, if you take a white character... James Bond's characteristics are like he's charismatic, um, likes a martini, you know, very intelligent, uses gadgets. Like none of them are like he's he has to be a he, he has to be white. Like those aren't the characteristics. It makes no difference whatsoever. Makes no sense. Now, again, I have no problem with the idea of a black male bond. The real distinction between... Oh, now, oh, oh, it just can't... Uh, women can't be spies. <laughs> be between... Would be between... I think, I think it's because... Out. I think it's because James Bond, like, one of the other characteristics of James Bond is womanizer. being a horn dog. A womanizer. Yeah, and, and like, if, if that's a woman who's being a horn uh -oh. dog... Uh -oh. Ben's gonna be real upset, especially if she's <laughs> she too is a womanizer. <laughs> yep. Are wildly different, and the, as I've said before, the idea of a woman who is able to bed down with good-looking men—that's just called a woman. The whole oh no, the chart—he did the chart. James Bond is a man who is able to get beautiful women, which is a male fantasy, and again, a whole different set of obstacles in doing that. If you're a man. I'm Sure, it's not a fantasy for Pierce Brosnan to get beautiful women. Everyone with half a brain knows. But this entire piece by a person named Anna Petoniak says that the latest novel from the James Bond franchise gives us the heroine we've been waiting for. I don't know who this we is, but apparently this is what we need. We the MI6 agents in question, a young black woman. Pierce Brosnan was the last 007 that I know. Not to not any 007 agent. I'm 007. She clarifies. You probably thought they'd retire it. This, of course, is a quote from the last movie. The last movie. But says Anna Petoniak, if the bond of our imagination is really just a series of gestures, the martinis, the gunfights, the sex, it opens up a much wider array of possibilities. What if Bond were black? What if Bond were a woman? Would that change anything about the essential bondness of Bond? If not, what are we? Yes, it would. Of course, because men and women are different. Um, it's also tiring. Yes, yeah, so Ben, but, this is this is tiring. Yeah, the, the tiring is the point. The, the, ben, Ben, your your best work in this episode is far behind you. They do something that is transgressive. <laughs> they destroy 
you know, IP. They destroy characters. They they take children's TV and they turn it gay. And then they're, they're like, destroying Why are you the character. Gosh. All right, guys, the rest of the show continues right now. You're not Such a fragile character. Bag. If you're not a member, become a member. Use code. So whatever. James Bond <clears throat> it really started to turn into a fucking quartering episode at the end of that. Like, <laughs> yep, it really did. Like this, the, the story hasn't even come out. Whatever movie about it hasn't even come out. What if it's the best Bond movie ever? I mean, honestly, I've had zero interest in watching any Bond movies in like many, many years. And this actually would like if it was a if it was a black chick. I would totally be down to go see a Bond movie with a black chick as as 007. I'd be curious to That'd see how awesome. like I'd be curious to see how the authors sort of play with some of the tropes, right? Cuz there'd be gags yeah. in it about like the trope. There'd be gags in it about her identity and I think that would probably that if they do it well, that'd be the best. If they did it like if they were able to do a couple gags about the old Bond tropes without turning it into fucking Austin Powers, then it, it it's going to be great. It's going to be absolutely great. Um, yeah, but also this would I, actually make me want to watch James Bond again. The odds of me watching any given movie are so low that I don't care. <laughs> like, I just don't watch <laughs> movies. So I, I guess that's the show. Um, since you weren't here last week and that was you made a good call. It was like the worst episode of the intellectual dollar tree ever. It was Steven oh, no. Pinker. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and it was just it was the Killette podcast. So it was just waves of water with a photograph of him on the screen for an hour. <laughs> it's so bad but anyway hk you wanna you wanna read this 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 thing out here uh yes i will uh this has been the intellectual dollar tree we do this show every wednesday 7 p.m pacific live on twitch.tv slash echoplex media uh if you're listening to the podcast come check us out live and uh after the the music you'll be able to keep watching us because we do red light uh after the show every week uh but uh check out our other shows on echoplexmedia.com uh and you can you can support the shows and you can support echoplex by joining us on eplex.store uh that's a new way to join you can also join on patreon.com slash echoplex uh so either way we'll love it uh and uh if you're listening live stick around for red light this is boomers by periscope
If you like what we're doing at Echoplex and aren't into Twitch, please join our Patreon at patreon.com slash Echoplex. For $5, you can get every show from beginning to end sent to you as an MP3. Even the stuff we bleep out because it's too spicy for Twitch. Echoplex would not be where we are today if it wasn't for the community support we receive. Find out all the ways you can support the show at echoplexmedia.com slash support.